Good evening, brothers and sisters. How is everyone? Yeah, so, uh, what we, we have done in the past uh, how many months uh, is that we have this uh, weekly sutta study class or book study class. Uh, in just a bit of an overview for those who have just joined us. Have you ever read this book before? No, huh? So this book in the Buddha's words uh, is actually a compilation of different uh, suttas. The compilation is done by Venerable Bhikkhu Bodhi, uh, who is a, a prolific translator, very renowned translator worldwide. Uh, his focus is mainly on the Pali canon, uh, but he is not a stranger to the Chinese Mahayana canon as well. From what I've read, when he does his translation, he actually engages other uh, scholars and masters from the different tradition and compare the Triptaka from the other tradition with the Pali Canon. So uh, you'll find that <coughs> this translation is quite uh, rather comprehensive. So uh, we have gone up to page 116-117. Yeah? Uh, in this case, we are covering the Sigala Buddha Sigalovada Sutta, which you all may be familiar with already. Sigalovada Sutta is um, often cited as the Sutta for lay people. Uh, and in this case, the text that is uh, quoted actually focuses on the six directions. Uh, just on the six directions. Because in the Sutta itself, uh, there, is, there is also mention about the different kind of friends to have and the different kind of friends to avoid. Yeah? So you will notice that on page 116 from uh, para 1, para 2, then it jumps to para 27. Yeah. So this is uh, intentional because it is to give you some background and then, yeah, and then go straight into the uh, six directions. So in brief, the six directions <coughs> Uh, you will find the, the verses uh, on page 116 yeah? uh, where mm. so the east denotes mother and father the south denotes teachers the west denotes wife and children the north denotes friends and companions the nadia <coughs> denotes servants, workers and helpers so that's the downward direction the zenith denotes ascetics and brahmins so these are the six directions. Last week we have gone through the part of <coughs> part of the <coughs> directions pertaining to one's parents. Yeah. So in this case, it is two directional. Yeah. Uh, one with respect to how the the child should uh, administer to the parents, and then the other direction, which is how the parents should. Uh, relate to the child. So, uh, there are five ways in which a son should minister to his mother and father. That's the eastern direction. He should think, having been supported by them, I will support them. I will perform their duties for them. I will keep up the family tradition. I will be worthy of my heritage after my parents' deaths. I will distribute gifts on their behalf. So this is the first part, which is 
how the child should minister to uh, their parents. Yeah. Uh, so last week we mentioned a few things, yeah, such as uh, how a person may actually uh, perform duties for the parents, something that is very sorely needed today. And then keeping up family tradition. Uh, some families may have tradition that is not worth keeping up. <laughs> yeah. Such as maybe some family since a long time, yeah, where they uh, slaughtered a pig to, as offering. So uh, we have to use our discretion and wisdom with regards to tradition. Then to be worthy of the heritage. And here, heritage, last week I mentioned about different kinds of heritage. One would be uh, the, the physical material wealth where it's passed down. The other one would be the, the, the values and qualities of the family yeah. where let's say uh, for generations this family has been known uh, to be upright, to, to have uh, to do charity and so on. Uh, like I've heard of some families since uh, like in China time, uh, those who can actually do it, they actually would like on a maybe uh, monthly or quarterly basis uh, give rice, give rice to the poor. Yeah. Uh, recently, uh, where was it? Uh? Uh, there was one country I went to. Is it China? No, not China. I think it was maybe. <clears throat> maybe Thailand or was it Laos perhaps Laos in one of the country so that we were as a result we were stuck <laughs> our vehicle was stuck and we were like wow why is there such a long queue so the the local guide told us that oh one of the rich family is actually giving rice so uh, but the incident also brought up some covers, interesting conversation which is that the local guide uh, being a local, uh, then commented and said, you look at the people queuing up, all with handphone. <laughs> <laughs> so why do they need to queue up? They don't need to queue up, but people just queue up. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, many years ago where there was this kind of uh, book textbook sharing uh, movement and, the, and people donated. And in the end, there were a lot of ugly scenes where People driving bus go there and then uh, get a quarrel over, over parking uh, because they want to uh, go in and then go and get the free textbook. So people started questioning like, why do you need, if you can drive a bus or a big car, why do you need the free textbook? You know? So as much as, so this is a different kind of heritage, yeah? uh, to be worthy of the heritage. But uh, going beyond being worthy, it's also to consider how best to carry out the heritage. Yeah. How best to carry out the heritage. The last point, which is uh, after my parents' death, I will distribute gifts on their behalf. This is a very interesting uh, point because this is probably a very clear uh, indication uh, to do merits on behalf of one's parents after they have passed away. And by extension, can do the same for others also. Yeah. In the Buddhist tradition, as in particular the Chinese Mahana, we focus quite a bit on this. 
but we also highlight um, when you do such an act, right? The departed, at most, they may they may acquire thirty percent of the merit. Yeah, the living who did it will acquire seventy percent. Yeah, you cannot bargain say no lah. I want to transfer everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless unless the person before he passed away has put it in his will. Yeah. In which in which case then he should it's better if before he passed away he execute the will or execute the part about donation first, so that while he's alive he directly reverse. Yeah. Because the trouble is, for example, <coughs> people ask me about. The, but the efficacy, the effectiveness of all these uh, practices after a person has passed away. So uh, this is related to one of the practice in the Tibetan tradition called Bajo, yeah, where it says uh, in the seven weeks after a person passed away, you would see different lights and you are supposed to move away from certain lights and move away towards the bright light, the, the white light. Which is very piercing, but you must back away from it. You must, you know, and so on and so forth. Different, different types. Of. The different lights actually um, uh, indicate the different uh, mental states. So uh, over the years, many students have asked me questions pertaining to this. And they're very curious. It seems like quite a quite a good thing, uh. yeah. Because in in most practices, it seems to just say that oh, you practice uh, you better practice, uh, go and overcome your defilements. Uh, this one, hey, don't talk about defilements, uh. just follow the light. It seems quite easy, uh. huh? <laughs> Quite a good deal, right? Your whole life never seem never seem to say anything about your whole life. Just say that after you die, make sure you can follow the correct light. Hey, not bad, huh? Yeah. So, my understanding of this practice. I, I also spent some time uh, uh, exposed to the Tibetan tradition before. My understanding is <laughs> it's not so easy. Uh. So I ever asked someone, I said, if you are a smoker, okay, if you are a smoker, today <clears throat> when you meditate, yeah, and then the impulse, yeah, the desire for smoking arises, are you able to stop thinking about smoking? For non-smoker, we don't even have to worry about it because we will not even think about it. Yeah. And this is the point. If, if we are confident that uh, for a long time we have never entertained unwholesome thoughts, and when we talk about unwholesome, it doesn't mean we go and do horrible things, go and start a fun world. But even the slightest greed, hatred, delusion. Yeah. Uh, when we meditate, are we able to uh, not follow that? Not to mention follow creation delusion, eh? even our discursive thoughts. But the very definition of uh, meditation or samadhi is you can actually quell your discursive thoughts. Many people say, oh, my mind is very messy, I cannot meditate. My reply is, it is just like someone who say, uh, oh, uh, I'm very fat, so I cannot slim down. <laughs> but that's the whole point. If you are, I mean, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Uh. I know immediately you think you are very fat, then you. This is very sensitive. I can't wait, can't wait. But the point here is the point here is 
actually the practice of Bado related to all this is uh, it is a very skillful means to get people to train their mind. First tell you that, oh, you follow the light, you are <coughs> able to do it. Then, after that, you, you say, don't wait until you die. When you're alive, try to go and follow the light. Then, not. then you find that, oh, very difficult. Eh? Then, but I don't see any light. Ah, try to follow your thoughts, see whether you can follow the right thoughts. Wow, oh, you realize cannot. And I say, okay, you start following your thoughts now. Yeah. Make sure you don't follow the unwholesome thoughts. Follow the wholesome thoughts. And then from there, eh, the practice becomes, uh, uh, becomes more apparent. Such that when you pass away, and if you do see lights, you are able to be assured to follow uh, the correct light. And by light, we are talking about basically the different mental states. Whether it's default or undefiled. Whether it's refined or unrefined. Yeah, so <coughs> this whole idea of uh, helping helping uh, uh, departed ones to do all this. Uh, you see, why just now I still mentioned about the 30-70. Yeah. The trouble is, even when we are alive, we for most people, they may not train their mind sufficiently. So, even if they sit down and try to meditate, the mind is all over the place. Much less if you have never trained yourself. Then, imagine when you are actually about to pass away. There's so much more uncertainty. You are running out of breath. Uh, scientifically, they say that all deaths point to expiation. That means, ultimately, you are stop pumping and then uh, your, your, your brain uh, uh, lose oxygen. Yeah. Uh, whether you're conscious or not of the process of running out of breath is another thing. But uh, step by step, your different faculties start to fade away and wane away. Uh, the, for most people, it is a fearful process. Yeah. Uncertain. So some people suggest well, so a lot of religions come about to give people some hope, so they feel very certain. Yeah. Uh, they may feel better, but depending on still in Buddhism we say still depending on karma. Uh, karma don't just apply to Buddhists. Yeah. Karma is a natural law. It's just like whether you study physics or not, you drop your phone, you drop your phone, your phone is still crack. Yeah. So karma functions in that way, regardless of your belief. If you have done harmful deeds, it will manifest. But uh, depending on your, your intensity also. La. So back to the 30 to 70. So we say at most 30, why? Because at most, if the, if the departed one uh, relate to those, to all these wholesome deeds, yeah, then uh, in the very weak, subtle mental states, they can rejoice. But that amount of merit that they can accrue is up to a certain point. Whereas the person who is doing the deed himself yeah, actually <coughs> uh, has a higher uh, proportion. Now, this is a common saying, this is a common saying, and it's actually inside one of the, the sutta. However, uh, however, there are exceptions. In the Buddha's time, there was this, um, this prince. He was not very convinced about uh, effectiveness of doing uh, dana. 
yeah, and what is the outcome. So after some conversation with the Buddha, asking questions, he became quite convinced. Uh, and sort of, although convinced, still not so excited and eager. Uh, so he, he like, okay lah. So he asked his uh, uh, servant to go and do, do uh, Daga. So his servant, servant is servant ma, bolui one ma. So no money, so use whose money? Use the prince, the prince money. Yeah, because the prince allowed, so wow, she spent a lot of money, wow, get acquired all the very good things, and then wow, very joyfully when to help to do the Sangha offering. Then uh, the prince also know about it, also agree, but still a bit Cynthia, a bit to spend so much money. So in the end, you know what happened? Both of them, uh, because of that act of Sangha offering, after that, can be born in the heavenly realms. But in the end, the prince also get heavenly rebirth, but the maid actually get a higher. <laughs> yeah. Because although he, she is not from her money, but when she do it with pure heart of purity, very sincere. So maybe in some special cases, the descendants may be doing it, but half-heartedly like on the backing, <laughs> should we for them have hesitation? But after okay, okay, all oh, oh, oh. But the parents seeing this, maybe wow, huge, you know, very joyful. So the the suisi the the act of rejoicing is a mental quality. So you see someone doing good. Hey, this one mentally one no. You go around, you, you see people doing good. You have, and not just say the words are uh, by inside, don't feel anything. Really feel wow for to reflect on the goodness of the act, the goodness of the intent behind the act, and then the effort following the act, and then the result of the act. You really rejoice in the whole sequence. Then you actually of course we, when we do it, we're not thinking what I mean we but we see actually has one more element which is that to rejoice in it and then to actually plant the seed I also want to do it yeah. so when we see actually it, many people think just rejoice, rejoice then don't do anything but when it says rejoice in the Buddha's cultivation all the way to Buddhahood to the birth Buddhahood then turning of Dharma view all the way to it is to rejoice in the whole process and in the process make an aspiration to do it also. That's the full rejoicing. So <coughs> this is the last part here. No? So if parents parents are administered in this way, then in return, how should the parents treat the, the children? I think did I mention last week about how parents should also consider whether they are worthy of, uh, of the support and, and filial piety? I think I mentioned. Not in this class? Absent. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absent. Huh? You now remember? Okay. Long begin. Yeah, okay. So, uh, in one of the class, either this one or another class, when we look at uh, the teaching on filial piety, 
it is a very beautiful and important practice. Uh, gratitude towards our parents. Uh, but at the same time, as parents, one should reflect, are we worthy of that gratitude, of that filial piety? Yeah. So here, in brief, there are five ways in which the parents, so ministered to by their son as the Eastern direction, will reciprocate. Yeah. Uh, you'll notice that here only mention son, but don't mention daughter. Yeah. In part because Sigalaka is a man. Yeah. But in my opinion, it should apply to daughters also. And in fact, nowadays even more so. Because nowadays we are quite, we are very open. In fact, not so much open. Uh, we are now finally normal. <laughs> that we, we don't insist that we must have son. <laughs> yeah. For a long time, we, we say that, oh, I'm so open. I just have daughter is love. This shows that we assume that the normal is to have son. Wow, he's very open-minded, very forward-thinking. In fact, this should be the normal thinking. Huh? Yeah. So this should apply to both daughters and son. Huh? How should the parents reciprocate? They will restrain him from evil, support him in doing good, teach him some skill, find him a su suitable wife, and in due time, hand over his inheritance to him. In this way, the eastern direction is covered, making it at peace and free from fear. So you'll find that um, there are, uh, for the most part, uh, you'll find that the, the, the things to do are very applicable. But the last, the second last one, uh, we, may, we may consider that this, that is more contextual depending on the social structure back then. Today, are parents supposed to look for the suitable wife? Uh, you want to look for a suitable wife who is very poor. Yeah. But this is not so ancient actually. Yeah. 50 years ago, 70 years ago, this is still common, you know. Yeah. The parents will have the first say before anything. Yeah. But nowadays, <laughs> uh, nowadays, yeah. nowadays parents have very little say. Yeah. Why? Because since young, we practice democracy. Yeah. Everything have to discuss. Yeah. I tell you, I tell you all this funny story. I, I told this person before I, that I share in class. Uh, this student of mine <coughs> uh, came to see me for counselling for many years. Uh, so initially was, but okay, let's just get to the point. Uh. She has three sons. One Saturday afternoon, she came back. So uh, the three sons are all watching cartoon. Yeah. So she went to one of the sons and said, "Okay, must be fair." Mummy, come back already. Five more minutes, you all must let me watch television also. So, how does that sound to you all? That when the mother come back, she has to have a... She must say that to the son. That, okay, five more minutes, you all must let me watch. Yeah. Uh, that she actually has to tell them that, oh, five more minutes, let me watch, okay? You know, it's almost as though this is up for discussion. Now, there are many people who may not agree with my parenting concept. Uh, after all, I don't have any kids. <laughs> uh, but I, when I first heard it, I was like, huh? 
still have to discuss one. Uh. Yeah, the parents don't watch TV. Uh. <laughs> Which parents? <laughs> Our time. Uh. Our time. Uh. Not this time. Uh. Uh, this time uh, you don't know. But <laughs> let me tell you. Last so, <laughs> time, also our time, my mother tried to match make me strong, but we all don't know against, no, against uh, match making. Okay. So, if you I think. Don't know. Uh, no, t- say to everybody. La. No, now we all our room has got TV, we don't need to fight. So. Oh, no, this. So this is this, So this is actually not the end of the story yet. If you think that, uh, of course, the first part of the story, and this is a real story, it may seem like mm, okay, well, good to be, you know, like don't be so far down, why mock love? Mother, big deal, uh, wow, I have to like, you know, insist that your kids must let you watch. Uh, the second part is even more interesting. The three sons were watching television in three different rooms. Watching the same cartoon. <laughs> the same cartoon, you know. Uh, this, is, this is the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah. When I heard that, I told her, Hey, like, there's something very, uh, to me, la, to me, it's something very wrong. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily uh, agree for uh, parenting to be an article, yeah, or a despot, despot kind of style. Yeah. Only I say, you don't have a say. Uh, but different parenting skill, uh, methods have to be applied at different ages, uh, at a young age, they need more uh, direct, directive, prescriptive kind of uh, guidance. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays, a lot of parents, because the kids, one, two years old, can speak and have a wide range of vocabulary. So it sounds as though they understand everything already. So a lot of parents wow, want to explain and explain. One, two years old, explain until the cow come back. I've seen before. The, 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 the son, the, the parent, the mother and the son get upset because talk halfway, then the, the son, the gist of it is, the mother asks the son uh, about some question. question is, uh, at, in school, teacher gave a funny scenario, like, uh, if you are given $10,000, would you kill a person? Yeah. So the son said, would not kill a person. <laughs> so came back. Wow, I think was quite proud to tell the mother. Then the mother heard this. Then the mother. So how about hundred thousand? So I mean, when I was a kid, right? I never heard of the, the term hundred thousand. I know such a concept as hundred thousand. Smith is hundred thousand. So then hundred thousand. No, will not kill. Then the mother said, "How about one million dollars?" Then something million. Okay, I will kill. So. The, the trouble is, the son is only donor in P1, like P3 or P4. So the son, grab a, grab a chair. So you see, the son, um, 
it's just answering uh, within the context of the question. But when the son gave the answer, the mother got so upset. <coughs> oh, so if someone gave you one million dollars, asks you to kill your mother, you will kill. Then the son thinking, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you cannot ask questions that your your son. Like that. Yeah, you cannot ask such questions to a child because they don't understand the full implication of things. Yeah, that's also why you don't go and give a, a your your p p three son a gun or a knife because they were they don't know. You know, they, they still haven't matured to that level. But unfortunately, a lot of parents. I, this is just my pet theory. Though. So, have all these ideas, and the, the way they relate to the child is very interesting. Yeah. So, back to this. Uh, suffice to say that today I don't think parents have to worry about finding, fi- finding the child a suitable wife or husband. Yeah. Uh, because your children, I don't think the young people here, your, your parents, help you look for one. Look for a suitable wife. So, the first two is very interesting. They will restrain him from evil and support him in doing good. Yeah, Not, not oh, uh, uh, subscribe him to the uh, what is that the enrichment class <laughs> yeah uh, so the first two is actually part of the Buddhist teaching isn't it yeah uh, to avoid all evil to do good yeah so here it is talking about the ideal of a Buddhist parent yeah that the Buddhist parent or a parent who truly uh, uh, take care of the child should first and foremost Restrain him from evil and support him in doing good. Yeah. Uh, yeah this is this is to me uh, until today is still very applicable. Teach him some skill. Yeah, this teaching him some skill in ancient times, uh, the parents would be responsible for teaching them whatever trait is passed down through the generations. Yeah. This is true both for India and also for China. In ancient times, if you are born into a farmer's family, congratulations, you are a farmer. <laughs> yeah. So when I was, actually even my generation, when I was a child, my father would spend time to talk to me and tell me, ah, in the uh, earlier generation, this particular dialect, they are, they are, they, they, they pull the, the rickshaw. So that when they come to Singapore, they drive taxi. <laughs> then this other one, they do carpentry work. This other one, they do trading. Yeah. Then this other one, they do. So at that age, I was like, really? But over time, I realized that yeah, in the past it was like that. Singapore moved away from that, uh, and the means to move away from that is education. Yeah. With education, we level the playing field. As long as you put in your effort, you have a you can choose beyond your family. Legacy, yeah. uh, for better or worse, yeah, for better or worse. Uh, I think, by and large, having choices, uh, what do you call that? Social mobility. Yeah, this is what we call social mobility, where through education you can choose. If you choose to still be a farmer, sure, I think that's good, and perhaps be a very eco-friendly farmer and be even more 
uh, effective. Yeah, go ahead and learn for me. Nowadays, all IT, <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not it's not a traditional uh, this uh, so no, because it's 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 our because they see our like especially in our parents don't get education, man. So they try to push the children to education. It's like the present day they push them to education, man, in order to have a better life. So, teaching him some skill today in Singapore will be uh, giving them a good education. Yeah. Then the last one, in due time, hand over his inheritance to him. Hand over his inheritance. And again, inheritance will include material inheritance and also the family legacy. Yeah? The kind of culture and values. <coughs> uh, in most cases, it seems to refer more to the material inheritance. Uh, the Buddha himself had a son, uh, Venerable Arabula. So when the Buddha went back to Kapilabastu, uh, his his mother, yeah, Rahula's mother, Venerable, uh, when he was still a kid, so he's not uh, Venerable yet. Rahula's mother, uh, Princess Yasudara, uh, yes, Yasudara, then told him, "That is your father. Go and ask him for your inheritance." So the little boy go up to the Buddha. My mother says that you are my father. <laughs> Give me my inheritance. Yeah. So the Buddha told him, there are two kinds of inheritance. One is the worldly inheritance. Uh, you you can get it from your I think I think said to get it from the grandfather. Uh, you will inherit the kingdom and everything. But there is the other worldly inheritance. If you want that, you must follow me. So. Venerable hey, Rahula, I think at that point in time was age 7 hey, he chose to to get the inheritance that is not the worldly one how many 7 year old nowadays you ask a 7 year old you want iPhone or enlightenment <laughs> is that even a question <laughs> like, like mom are you crazy <laughs> of course iPhone <laughs> you know you ask 10 times they will give you 11 times iPhone so but in the case of uh, Rahula, Venerable Rahula, he chose to follow the Buddha and then the Buddha gave him ordination. So he became, we say in our tradition, the first novice monk. Yeah. And shortly after that, at some point, uh, he also attained Arahant. So he became the youngest Arahant <laughs> at, at that point in time. But of course, when that happened, the father, King Sudodana, was quite upset. So he went to the Buddha and said, out of combat. When you first left, your father cried. Now when you come back, your father cried again. Because <laughs> you take away my grandson. Yeah. And with that, no more no more direct. Yeah. So after the Buddha, there's no descendant. But within the Sakyan clan, it is said that some there are some survivors. Yeah, until today. Yeah. But doesn't mean that you are born in that clan, uh, then all enlightenment. Uh, enlightenment is not through hereditary. Uh, you cannot inherit enlightenment. Yeah, so uh, there was an incident uh, where the Buddha hand over his inheritance. Yeah. But in this case, it's not the material inheritance. Yeah, and because of that incident, the king, uh, his father, asked the Buddha, please, out of compassion, in future, 
spare a thought for parents in the world. Make sure that the parents agree to it before you ordain them. Yeah. So in our in the Chinese tradition, uh, even if you're an adult, you have to seek permission. Yeah. Uh, but there are exceptions. Uh, in some cases where the parents don't, parents actually have lot nine children, uh, ten children still <laughs> cannot, cannot. <laughs> uh, but of course, to to parents, even if they have hundred hundred children, every children is like. If you take it away, it's like cutting on the flat on the body. Yeah. So, uh, but in the surprisingly, in the Theravada tradition, most people always think Theravada will be stricter. But in this case, in the Theravada tradition, a few senior monks that I've spoken to, they say that um, this rule should only apply to those who are underage. Yeah, underage then you need parents' agreement. Uh. If you're already adult, twenty plus, thirteen, why you still need your parents' consent? Which, if you think about it, okay, makes sense, right? Like, okay, uh, maybe for Thomas, he even he want to go toilet before he goes to toilet, he texts his mother, can you go? Can I go? <laughs> so, uh, of course, Thomas is not so creepy. <laughs> yeah. It's not Down syndrome. <laughs> 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 but honestly, honestly, I have counseled before one case where the father is 70 plus and the lady is 50 plus and still at the back and core of the father. Now, Shifu is by all means uh, all for filial piety, yeah? but um, there's a limit to it also. Uh, it, the relationship must grow as we grow older. It cannot be that, wow, you know, the, the, the relationship 70 plus, 50 plus is like when the child, when the daughter is like, you know, teenager. Yeah, that's unhealthy actually, extremely unhealthy. So you must grow. No. So handing over inheritance. Uh, so all of you, uh, about this, uh, in Singapore, we have a special case. I know some of you may have made arrangements. Uh, but if you have not made arrangements, you must know that in Singapore, uh, untimely death where you didn't manage to make a will, in Singapore, your estate will be handed over to the public trustee. If it's, if it's uh, below, don't know, come in 100,000, it'll be handed over to public trustee. Otherwise, I think you have to engage uh, some lawyer. Then, uh, but in any case, without a will, it will be split. Yeah? Uh, first of all, if you have, uh, let's say, some of you are ladies, uh, some of you are guys, you'll be split with your spouse first. Your spouse will get 50%. Then your children will get the remaining 50%. Yeah. You like the son, don't like the son, or whoever, daughter, whatever. You have four kids, 50% will be split equally among them. Yeah. Uh, so this is by default. Your spouse will get half, and then the remaining 50% will be split among the children. Yeah. Uh, in Singapore law, they don't care about your grandchildren. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I've handled a few of these cases, and um, for most people, they, you only handle it once. Huh? Either you die or he, the, the, the person die, and you don't keep on handling it. So they were quite, quite confused. If you want more information, you just go to cpm.gov.sg. Yeah, uh, all the information is there. And you can also make a nomination there. Okay, uh, this is actually 
good information to know because uh, I know Chinese we don't like to talk about this uh, <laughs> but sometimes you will, you will remove a lot of hassle yeah, for your descendants <clears throat> so para 20, 29 there are five ways in which pupils should minister to their teachers as the southern direction by rising to greet them by waiting on them by being attentive by serving them by mastering the skills they teach and there are five ways in which their teachers thus ministered to by their pupils as their southern direction will reciprocate they'll give thorough instruction make sure they have grasped what they should have duly grasped give them a thorough grounding in all skills recommend them to their friends and colleagues and provide them with security in all directions in this way the southern direction is covered making it at peace and free from fear <clears throat> here when we talk about teachers it is uh, there are two two in a way two levels huh? on one uh, on one angle it is actually about the worldly skills uh, about worldly skills but some of this is applicable to your religious teacher also uh, in the days gone past uh, pupils usually when they go to a teacher serve more as an apprentice because in the past you learn a skill or something you don't just go there attend class and then go back home yeah uh, the, the present day educational system is uh, uh, an institutionalized and structured system that developed over the centuries um, in the past whether it's in china uh, in india or even in the west uh, apprenticeship apprenticeship where your teacher it serves uh, almost like a father to you yeah. so uh, in those days they would actually go and look for a teacher and uh, depending on whether the teacher accepts you uh, you may think that this only applies to low level skill uh, but those of you who know the Cambridge system yeah, the Cambridge system where you know uh, not just Cambridge uh, actually but most prominent uh, you know when we get a degree the base degree is bachelor's degree so there are a lot of different background about why it's called a bachelor one of them is about how in the early days universities are all uh, uh, actually the monasteries yeah. the monasteries the western monastery yeah. they are the uh, they are the custodian of knowledge so whoever wants to go and learn from them have to live the life of a bachelor this is one explanation for it there are other explanations but the key thing is that if you look at Cambridge right the way they do it is that uh, the professor you have to go and look for the professor uh, much like today when you do your FIP you must go and look for your professor and they must agree to your the, the your FIP lah. but as you go to masters and your PhD, uh, it is modeled after that, where the, the professor is your your teacher. Professor literally means actually your teacher, yeah. And then uh, you are the apprentice. So as an apprentice, you actually stay very near to your teacher. Not like now go back home, come back. <laughs> yeah. Last time they literally just they will stay around the professor, and then they will learn everything and 
the fencer will calculate out everything for you. Yeah. So this model is found actually throughout the whole world. The modern form of education came um, very much later. Uh, very much later. The structured, uh, in a way, mass produced kind of method. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because last time it was very custom. Yeah. So to uh, just like doing a PhD, to do your PhD under a good professor, uh, that's not easy. You're, you must convince the professor that you are good enough. Otherwise, he's, if he spent that three years with you, then I cannot do anything that is worthy of publication. He wasted his three years on you. I have some friends who are researchers, so they, they go through like some of the candidates, they sign up and they do for six months to a year. Wow, they have so much headache. They have to go through a whole process to ask that person to go and apply for something else. Yeah. Uh, so here... <coughs> I think it was selected one. Selected uh, by the professor. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> of course. Not everybody can study, you know, under <coughs> doctorate. No? Must be so the professor must, must make must yes. sure that you can make me keep my for you long time ago on your bridges. So for for this paragraph, uh, this is the context. I like of learning. Singapore, <laughs> Singapore must lifelong learning. <laughs> so this is Maybe the context. Shall we continue? Yeah. So this is the context uh, of paragraph twenty-nine. Yeah. Uh, and so when you look at the the terms here of how pupils should minister to their teachers, then it makes sense. Yeah. As an apprentice, you must rise to greet them. Uh, the, this is. Putting it very simply, yeah. uh, the full subtext is that the student must rise before the teacher. You cannot sleep until your own sweet time and the teacher can wake you up. Yeah. You must rise before a teacher, prepare the water, prepare everything. Then after that, go and knock on the door. And then if the teacher doesn't respond, you must wait for a certain time. Then after that, knock again and so on. Yeah. So then waiting on them yeah, to serve them. Uh, <coughs> Uh, basically, tend to whatever needs they have. Yeah. But most importantly, by being attentive. Yeah. Why is this important? Again, it applies to both apprenticeship and also as a, in the case of a religious teacher. Yeah. In fact, some of these do apply to present-day school as well. Yeah. Can you imagine if the teacher go to class and then you are late? Then the teacher has started teaching halfway through them to come in. Uh, so then waiting on them, uh, maybe nowadays in our public school, the teacher also don't care about you waiting on them. Uh, if you want to buy them gift, maybe they have to go and declare to NOE and that's it. <laughs> because Singapore, you know, non-corruption policy. Yeah. But by being attentive, uh, this still applies. Uh, if you go to, to class, go to school, and then of course, this is not easier to be attentive because we have a lot of things on our mind. Then listen halfway. Yeah, last time when Sufu was in university, halfway through. Uh, so to, uh, if you look at the Laplace transform, more, 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 more. Then halfway through, your five-year-old body here, more, 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 more. And the 
Bachelor all disappear, all the students. <laughs> I'm somewhere far away. <laughs> and then suddenly, eh, what happened? <laughs> oh, already five slides away. What's up? What's up? What's up? So, if we, yeah, if we apply ourselves to be attentive, then we can actually uh, get the most <coughs> benefit. Yeah. Then by serving them, one is waiting on them, one is serving them. Yeah. Uh, both, uh, both seem to indicate the same thing. Yeah. Uh, one can be providing a service, yeah. the other one is to be on their back and call. Yeah. When they want to call you, you are around. You cannot run here, run there, then when Sifu, uh, not Sifu, uh, in this case the teacher, the teacher want to call for you, you phone call But of course nowadays, who want to be a, an apprentice, right? Uh, but if you do that, then you can master the skills they teach yeah, by mastering the skills. Yeah. The whole purpose of um, having a, t- a teacher is to master the skills. Yeah. So if you spend all your time waiting on, the, on them, uh, serving them, but you don't be attentive and you don't master the skill, uh, you rise early to greet, but you don't master, in the end, also good student, but you don't benefit. <clears throat> so how about teachers? What should teachers do? Well, reciprocate. They will give thorough instruction. Yeah, see, thorough instruction, not not in brief. I must give a complete teaching. Yeah. <coughs> of course, this is talking about an ideal teacher. A good teacher is like that. Yeah. The Buddha in many suttas says, the Tathagata, referring to himself, is an open-fisted teacher. Open-fisted meaning he don't hold back anything. By saying that, he's also implying there are teachers, even in the Buddha's time, who hold back. <laughs> teach you 90%, 10% don't teach you. Yeah? We have to, for my generation and older, we learn this concept from Chinese martial art movies. <laughs> the master, wow, Train this this group of boys or girls. Wow! Then one of the boys very, uh, very sharp and very smart, but too smart. Wow! So wow! Learn, learn, learn. Then for pride, want to defeat the master. So wow! Then the master realized that something is wrong. So although teach a lot of things, but hold back ten percent. <laughs> then the kid. Maybe go and practice himself. Wow, when he grew up, wow, very powerful. Come and challenge the master. And five, 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 then suddenly the master go one more step. <laughs> oh, then the, the, the students are oh, how come that's one more step? <laughs> it's because 10 years ago, I know that you will betray me. <laughs> yeah. So, in Chinese culture, we can see this also. Yeah, that's why. Uh, the funny thing is that because of this, if you look at Hawker Centre, one generation to one generation, <laughs> the taste becomes lousier and lousier because everybody holds back 10%. Until five generations later, you can't tell what is there anymore. You know? yeah. <clears throat> so, as a teacher, you have to teach thoroughly. Yeah? And then, don't just teach, no? Don't just teach. And then, oh, I teach really uh, uh, up to you, huh? Make sure they have grasped what they should have duly grasped. So that's why Sifu always make your life so difficult. 
ask your question. Yeah. Why? So that you can you I can make sure that you all have understood or at least help your understanding. Uh, if Shifu, if you manage to find the Buddha, uh, he has clairvoyance. He is able to read your mind. So he he just finished the teaching, he observed. 90% don't understand. Okay, give <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, we can be a good student by letting our teachers know whether you understand or not. Yeah. But you must make sure you put in your effort. Lah. So, give them a thorough grounding in all skills. Yeah. Make sure that they have, they have the correct foundation. Yeah. Uh, this is very challenging nowadays. Very challenging. Why? Because today, Today we have uh, information explosion. Yeah. Information explosion. You can go online to download the whole Tripitaka. You can go online and learn meditation. There's 101 video, lay people, monastic, from Theravada, uh, all the different tradition, from Mahana, all the different tradition, from Tibetan, all the different tradition, from Japanese, all the from Korean. Whatever you want, yeah, supermarket Buddhism. <laughs> so when you attend a class, not, not just my class, uh, there's a how oh, people just keep on every week tell us briefing, brief up, briefing, brief up. What oh, can Can teach us something else? Or not? So the problem is, you must make sure to give them a thorough grounding in all the skills. If your grounding is not thorough enough, yeah, kind of four lessons teach you the whole all the different methods. Can you absorb? But to be fair, last time when I went to other centers, I also wondered, hey, how come some centers, they insist, you know, oh, if you haven't reached this stage, they will not teach you anything else. Hey, what like that? Are they holding back? But actually, um, in many traditions, the if you go for a general class, then maybe they just give you a brief introduction. But if you are, if you are serious about it, and you go there for one month retreat, three months retreat, or you are a long-term student, you know, go there every week, then the teacher will not, like, oh, one, one, maybe one month teach you all the different techniques. Why? They will observe you. They will ask you questions. You will have to reply honestly. Like, then they will, they will figure out, they will know, okay, you are at this stage. Then you continue doing this practice. Only when you have moved beyond this stage, uh, then they teach you the next step. Not that they want to hold back, hold back for any way you can search online. Yeah. So the trouble now is whether in terms of the practice or the teachings, we have free access to everything. But as a result, this unadulterated access means that we oftentimes get overwhelmed, number one. Number two, we don't know the sequence. It's just like in university. See? Now online courses all over. Yeah, and anyway, all those textbooks you can just buy from Amazon and just read yourself. Uh, why go for a lecture? Because there's a certain sequence. Yeah. I remember there's this professor, Professor Abdul Wahab. He was from HP. I think 30 years or th at least 20 years, if not 30 years, experience. I tell you, when he talk about digital system with you, uh, it feels as though he's talking about something physical and uh, it comes alive, you know. But actually, he's talking about things that you would never see with a naked eye. <laughs> but he, because he started off when HP was doing uh, oscill oscilloscope, <laughs> yeah, the, the timing 
Ami device. HP started off that way. He joined so much earlier. Yeah. So when he talked about certain concepts, uh, he almost never have slides. I mean, he never look at textbook. Come in, okay, and his voice is super loud. Not like simple. Sometimes people complain too soft. The LT, he don't use my one. <laughs> right at the end, you can listen, you can hear his voice. You can hear his voice. So, <coughs> in such cases, if you can find such a teacher, uh, then they can give you a very good grounding. Yeah? Uh, but must be in all the skills. The next one is quite interesting. Recommend them to their friends and colleagues. Yeah. So, so as a good teacher, you don't just keep your student uh, in the in the kitchen, prepare tea, then after choo -choo. Uh, <laughs> you must recommend, you must uh, introduce, recommend your students to your peers and let them know okay, this this is who and who, that is who and who. Uh, from this line, it may not seem apparent. Yeah? What is the purpose for this? To put it bluntly, it may seem like networking, uh, a form of networking. But in a way, it is to be unselfish. To let people know that you have a good student, others may be interested to teach him. And likewise, to let your student know that there are others in the different fields who you can, if you are interested in, you can learn also. Provide them with security in all directions. <clears throat> so this providing them with security in all directions, from what I uh, recall, uh, in the context of teacher apprentice, then the teacher actually take care of not just teaching the skill, you know, take care of your food, lodging, and in due time even help you to learn, you know, to the, of course in, together with the parents and uh, find you a suitable partner. Yeah. So that's why in Buddhism we say shifu, the term for master. Yeah. The second character, first one is something like uh, teacher. Second term, fu, is actually father. <coughs> and this coincides with. Uh, Xiao <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 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 But open and close mindfully, huh? Okay, so coming back. <coughs> so. In those days, the teacher actually take care of all, all aspects of the student. Yeah. But today, if you go to school, you ask your teacher, pocket money, no such thing, okay? But distance yeah. learning, man, no need, no need the lecturer. Uh, uh, distance learning, they have to go and do it, do, do research themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, Just some thoughts about this teacher-student relationship. In the past, in the Buddha's time, whatever you learn is through oral transmission. <clears throat> you listen to your teacher attentively. Uh, then <laughs> so, <laughs> since the Buddha's time, then the advent the of books. So, the teachers uh, still serve a function to explain what is inside the book. Yeah, because some people cannot even read. Or they read but they cannot understand. So teachers serve a slightly secondary role. Yeah. 
to supplement the text. Uh, then come the modern times, <coughs> where you can actually learn from multiple sources. First of all, from television. Yeah? Uh, in the early, maybe 50s, 60s in Singapore, well, people start to have black and white TV. Yeah? But of course, in the past, I don't know what you can learn from TV. But Shifu, I've shared many times in brief, I learned how to write programs from television program. So, what, what is the thing here? Today, you can learn a lot of things online. Uh, in my opinion, this is a shift from person to system. So instead of learning from a person, of course online is still typed by human beings. Huh? But let me ask you, when you use Wikipedia, when you use Google, do you, when you find that information, are you like, oh, wow, pay homage to the Google. <laughs> <laughs> you don't write, yeah? or you find the information on, on Wikipedia. Wow. Oh, Namo Wikipedia. Namo Wikipedia. We don't do that, right? Yeah. And then sometimes, well, when you go to a website, what well, they ask you to pay, uh, subscribe or pay, then you go, wow, what like that? Well, then you can use Google, find a hack, well, bypass the system. <laughs> yeah. So, what is this about? It's not about the money, it's about our gratitude towards the source of knowledge. In the early days, we are grateful to the teacher. Nowadays, increasingly, from primary school kid, the teacher P1 kids. This real life example, uh, because I have students and friends who are in MOE HQ. I have students and friends who are teaching in public school. So you know what they tell me? P1, they don't know how to teach really. Why? Because by the time they are in P1, they have already they have learned everything that they had to learn in P1. Right? It is all learned. Mm, yeah. So that's so sometimes I wonder, are the kids really dyslexic or hyperactive? Or is it because they have learned everything yeah. way ahead? So when, by the time they come to class, they have nothing to do that is interesting to them, you know. Whatever the teacher can teach them, they have learned already. And so from this, because they, we learn uh, from uh, every one A to Z, but they already learn already. Yeah, right. so mm, as a result, so as a result, my own take is that the, you can see in, an increase in disrespect towards the teacher. Whatever you want to teach, I already know. Then, even as the teacher teach, well, take out the handbook, double check. Mm, okay, you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is, that, is that a problem? Uh, as far as learning something is concerned, don't seem to have a problem. And result, you learn something, right? But uh, a person who has no gratitude, that means, what, what does it mean? The person is very full of themselves. Everything I know, I know by myself. But actually, we cannot know anything by ourselves. Impossible. You go and figure out everything yourself. You're so smart. Impossible, man. Surely, directly or indirectly, you learn from somebody. So the next time when you pick up your handphone, 
on your on your on your computer, you search Google and you learn something, be grateful for those who actually come out of your website. And not just that, be grateful for all the engineers and scientists who came up with the infrastructure for internet to exist. And then what else? Be grateful for all the technicians and engineers who have been maintaining the power plant. Oh, be, be grateful for all the co-workers, yeah, the mining workers. Hey, nothing to do with learning, but if they don't do all that, so no coal power plant cannot run. No electricity. <laughs> yeah. How about all those who are involved with uh, oil rigs? As much as we say, but we complain, oh, it's not eco-friendly. But without that, a lot of we, our development would have stagnated. Don't have to go further, yeah. but I think um, this this thing about uh, learning and gratitude, yeah, worthy for us to think about. <clears throat> Any comments or thoughts before we move to era thirty? So, while this is talking about teachers, we should know that individually, we actually serve as teachers at different point of our life. In, in particular, as parents, you all serve as one of the first teachers to your child. Yeah. But on a day-to-day basis at work, you are also a teacher to others. Yeah. Uh, sometimes to your peers, sometimes to uh, those who are your subordinate. Yeah. In some cases, you are in the service line, then you have to educate someone about something. Yeah. While you 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 do not expect your customer to wake up before you and greet you and all those things. Like, uh, but when teaching others, do we hold back? Uh, this is something that can be a whole discussion. Uh, because in the commercial world now, wow, if I tell everything, then what is my youth value? Uh, think about it. Para 30. There are five ways in which a husband should minister to his wife as the Western direction. By honouring her, by not disparaging her, by not being faithful, unfaithful to her, by giving authority to her, by providing her with adornments. And there are five ways in which a wife thus ministered to by her husband as the Western direction will reciprocate, reciprocate by properly organizing her work, by being kind to the servants, <clears throat> by not being unfaithful, by protecting the stores, and by being skillful and diligent in all she has to do. In this way, the Western direction is covered, making it at peace and free from fear. <clears throat> so, in this case, both men and women is covered, husband and wife. So it's not just about, oh, what the wife must do to follow the husband. The husband just sit back and just chow uh, relax. So husband must do something also. And interestingly, it first talk about what the husband must do. Huh? Quite interesting. <clears throat> first, by honouring her. So, uh, I think, wait, can you remember ROM, what you all say? <laughs> huh? To honour and to love and so on, so whatever. Along this, I also I never go through before. I don't know, <laughs> but I heard a few no, times. They simplified. They simplified now. Yeah. Huh? I might. I might. <laughs> I might use one or not. One or not. <laughs> uh, no time to go through all the things. Uh. 
you do, you do. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do. I do, I do. Okay, got it. So honoring her. This is something very interesting. <clears throat> uh, what does it mean by honoring her? Uh, it can be a form of respecting, respecting her. Yeah. Uh, to to not do things that disrespect her. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times I have to sit down with couples to tell them that <clears throat> one of the big no-no for parenting is to put down uh, one party in front of the child. Yeah. No matter how it is, uh, when you do, the moment you do that, it is it is actually extremely damaging. Yeah. You can say everything you want, I you love your wife, you love your husband, all you want. Wow. Spend all the money, effort, everything. But if in front of children, wow, you put the other person down. Wow. Yeah. Why? <coughs> because now that person's role is uncertain. That person's role is ambiguous. Okay? Last time I had to listen to father and mother. Now father put down mother or mother put down father. Okay? So I, do I still have to listen to mother? Funny thing is that in the long term, what I, we observe is that if father put down mother, mother put down father, in the long term, it is not just disrespect to the one who is put down. If your child can learn that, oh, I can disrespect, I can ignore my mother by extension, I can ignore father as well. <clears throat> yeah. So it comes back to us. So, honor, yeah, uh, by not disparaging her, yeah, this is very directly. Yeah, don't don't go and say things that's nasty about her, whether in public or privately, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> So, you can also distinguish between the two that by honouring her, uh, highlight her qualities. This is something that uh, when, when we see couples do this, they are very harmonious. Yeah? Uh, for one spouse to praise the, the other spouse. Yeah? No matter how they quarrel, in front of the child, praise the quality of the other person. Um, Intuitively, it doesn't seem to make sense. If you keep praise, if the mother keeps praising her father, then the kid will all respect father, won't respect me, ma. Why do I? Why am I so stupid? Why go and, Why do I go and do that? Yeah. Likewise, if I'm the father, I keep praising my wife, <coughs> then the, the kids will not respect me. But actually, this is not true. If you if you highlight, don't don't, don't make empty praises. Uh, actually, you know, no such virtue that you can praise, praise, praise. If you praise correctly, the child learn to learn something called respect. The child learn to look up to someone worthy of respect with virtues. So, by extension, then the child may also look for such qualities in you and learn to respect you indirectly. If you ask the child, hey, you must respect me. I have all these qualities. Now it makes skin. But you teach your child to respect your your spouse. Okay. Same thing. The same skill will apply over. <clears throat> ah, this one is very interesting. By not being unfaithful to her. 
this is, I think, if we, if you want to convince people to become a Buddhist, uh, just show them this line. Uh, all the ladies will want to become Buddhist. <laughs> wow, I, wow, Buddha is the best. <laughs> yeah. And to me, this is, this is uh, the fundamentals of a marriage. Uh, if you cannot even be faithful, then how? By giving authority to her. Yeah. Some in some families who well, husband financing, everything financing. Then you know you do everything for yeah. So you must have delegation. Yeah. Okay, uh, you all split the workload. And when the husband when the wife says something, the this uh, giving authority means you support her decision. Whatever the person has decided, unless it's to ask the child to go and die now. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> uh, to give support. Yeah, to give support. That's the best way to give authority. <clears throat> By providing her with adornments. Huh? This is the, I think this is the favorite. <laughs> Earlier, that's good, but this is the best. Yeah. When I was, I think, in secondary or JC, I, I read, wow. <laughs> that in that translation, even even go into details, what are the adornments? Well, makeup la, buy rings la, flowers <laughs> la. Oh, uh, at least long <laughs> Yeah. So, so this is not the only sutta that show us something. The Buddha is keenly aware of the needs of lay people. He don't just keep talking about, oh, I'll go and meditate, meditate, meditate. You notice, here, husband and wife, he never talk about, oh, husband must go and get wife to go and meditate. Wife must get husband to meditate. <laughs> this is purely about how to have a happy marriage in this life. Uh, so, providing her with adornments. Buddha knows I sweet. But it's actually not just about that, it's about showing appreciation. Yeah. You buy gift for some for somebody, hey, the person feels appreciated. Uh, but this is for husband and wife. Uh. You all don't expect so to buy gift. Uh. <laughs> you know, last time when I came back from US to visit, I then wow, the Taiwanese devotees, wow, they are so the devotion to Sangha, although they barely know me, or up to the airport, Sifu, Sifu, I, have, I bought something for you to give to your mom. I'm like, oh, don't you cry, I'm saying that. Yeah, it's not that I'm not feeling to my mom, you know, but I, I keep to one simple thing, one simple rule. I don't buy things for them because I want to let them know that my relationship with you is purely Dharma. If I want to like buy gift for you, I really did that when I was a lay person. Right? Not that I, as a lay person I don't do that, and now become a monk I can't do that. Doesn't make sense, right? As a lay person, whatever they need, I would I don't just throw them credit card, I drive them, I said, don't worry about it. And sometimes even have to I have to details are the important thing is for, for myself, uh, for all of us, we have different rules. Uh, so this is specific to husband and wife. Uh, so that's why you notice that Sifu go overseas or retreat or whatever, come back never say, ah, I bought things for your Sifu only have Dharma gift for your uh, so cannot expect other things. Uh, but 
there's something that sometimes when I go overseas, I do get this chanting bit. Uh, and even then, I don't think, oh, I get this from Thomas. This one I get from Kings. That one I get from Lewis. That one I get from Nancy, from Joey, from Quack. Or, no, I don't. I just, how much? What, each one 100 rupees? Okay, 20, like. <laughs> then, along the trip, I will just chant, 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 chant. Until I come back, don't know how to chant, how much. Right? Then I just chant. Then after I come back, uh, sometimes, I tell you that time, the effort gave me one, well, protocol, or I don't know how much, but I heard, I heard quite expensive. Then along the way, I met, I got to know this Indian family, and then, wow, well, the, the mother, the, the daughter, the, the son, wow, like, my past life, family like that. <laughs> then they said, they listened to some, some sharing of mine. Then after that, wow, the mother, I want to cry. Like, uh, then the, the son explains, 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 and then after that, they say, they through that complicated com- communication, they let me know, they hope I can have something from me or not. As a reminder, wow, the Dharma. So I, I take my back. <laughs> then I, I don't have any more of the bits, but I have the, the old bit, which I have, uh, which the, the, the thread gone. Uh, so I give them one each. You know how precious it is for them. Uh? What? They, they kneel down. No. <laughs> I give them how uh, they we look, uh, touch my feet and kiss one. No. <laughs> like, like that, like that. It's a bit of a meal. Actually, they say their feet is broken and, no good. This one is Chinese. Chinese 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 <laughs> so, so I told them, you take the string, you string it up, then you can wear it. Then you, if any, next time you want to get angry, you, you see this, oh, remember one day, okay, don't get angry. Or you can wear it here, just one, no problem, you just take one, you remember. Then, if you are mad, you I, <laughs> do you have lanyard? <laughs> you come from work, right? Do you have lanyard? <laughs> uh, do you know that I ever <laughs> told someone before? Like, you have, uh, okay, I demonstrate to you. Like, imagine this a lanyard. I ever told someone, I said, You don't have right, you just take your lanyard off. You just wear. Same thing, what? Why are you worry about the face? You like that also can, but I'm not going to say no, I'm not just move on and on. You don't cheat yourself, lah. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no. So in the end, then in the end, halfway through, I give it in. Then after that, wow, there's one more, I think, his wife or his sister or whoever. Then after that, he pulled out, like. So I said, okay, I have one of these, that. Then I said, if you want, you can take a... Then for the first one, they see the other one, they say, how about that one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good test for me. I just received, you know, one or two days ago. Then, how? Okay. So, uh, other than chanting bit, uh, you all can forget about getting anything else from me. Material, uh, hard. Uh. Other, other than, sometimes people give me too much biscuit, then I share. Uh. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Huh? Expired. Expi- sometimes it's expired because <laughs> Sufu cannot eat so much so fast. Huh? So, 
Uh, okay. So, uh, how many husbands here? KS is husband. Uh, two of you married? Not married? Uh, so remember, you want to have a happy marriage? Uh, do these five things. Uh? Yeah. Of course, not just these five things. Uh. Uh, after that, your wife said, Hey, can you help me with the housework? You don't say, you don't only say five things. Uh. You don't ask for too much. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. This is five basic principles. Yeah. Uh, most of y'all will not become monks and nuns. Most of y'all will get married. I always ask, tell, tell the young couples who are going to get married, you must remember, now you're getting married. Since you want to get married, since you want to do this, you better get married for love. You may think, well, I'm super talk love. <laughs> but if you want to get married, then my son do it for love, right? And since it's for love, don't be so calculative. You want to be so calculative, go and start a business together. <laughs> and calculative in terms of money, start a business. If you want to be calculative in terms of who is right and wrong, go and start a law firm. Don't waste time have a marriage. Marriage, you cannot talk about, you, you, you don't spend so much time about who pay for what. However, however, Chinese have a saying, Xian xiao ren er hou jun literally means first be a the, be a small person, then be a big person. <laughs> be, that means, upfront, be petty. Then, as you proceed, uh, you be gentleman. Yeah. Meaning that, beforehand, most couples, when you, do you have a girlfriend? You want to have a girlfriend? Huh? You want to become monks? Huh? <laughs> Why? Huh? You, do you want to become a monk? Or you want a boyfriend? It's okay, I mean, like, no one. Uh. So, what, what? You don't want to have a girlfriend? You want to. Wife? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to have a girlfriend, but you want to have a wife. Usually, usually in Singapore, you have to have a girlfriend before you have a wife. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so, so is it still arranged? Is it still arranged for you? Uh, yeah, mostly. Oh. Wow. Yeah, so this still apply, huh? Next year. this, I can relate. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 So, mm. so in future when you have a wife, ah, you, you must learn how to do all this. And you must remember, you have a, before you get married, uh, good to be upfront, your expectations. Because I, Sifu has seen many couples, usually by couple in Singapore, they have boyfriend, girlfriend, before means that group, they are going out dating. Then all they say is, oh, how pretty you are, how nice you are, you are so sweet, oh, all those things. Are. Never talk about, okay, in future, who is going to pay for the bill, uh, in future, who is going to decide on the discipline. These are things that you must discuss. But maybe for you, you think, what discuss? I decide. <laughs> uh, but if you, I mean, this is 2017. Although maybe for Indian culture, you all still have the parents to make arrangements. But if you have 
if you show some mutual respect, uh, then you can be a happy family. Uh, maybe with with the family, uh, you can put on the traditional. <coughs> okay, we bring your bring your drinks. I uh, then go back. I don't know. That has changed. That has changed as well. Yeah. Uh, that's good. 2017 it must change also. Okay. <laughs> now, what about the wife? Yeah. Mm. So by properly organizing her work. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, here work covers two areas. Uh. One is housework, the other one is the family business. Uh, part of it, part of it. Because the wife actually in many cases are supposed to take care of all the anything else that is not handled by the husband. Yeah. So the wife actually play second in common. Uh, have to, they have to support each other. Yeah, support each other. <coughs> so whether it's housework, or let's say related to the family business or and so on and so forth. But today in Singapore, um, usually both husband, husband and wife working, are working. Uh, yeah. So then last time the ha- ha- housewife will be the housewife. Uh, so mother, they listen to the other yeah. and the so husband. Nowadays, uh, because husband and wife are both working. So equality equality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I read? They say that Actually, women, last time, just stay at home, be a housewife, then you don't have to worry about anything. You just have to make sure that the house, everything okay. Now, you have to work also, and you still have to do housework. <laughs> of course, nowadays, usually, many families have made her. So, if you have a maid, ah, then, by being kind to the servants. But, in Singapore, it's hit and miss. Sometimes you, you have, I've heard of horror, ca- horror cases. What I find about servants or maids is uh, for most people, we don't have uh, management skills. Doesn't mean that we are lacking, you know. It's just that we don't, actually, is we don't have management experience. I mean, how many people at work are managers? Many, but not many people are with that, especially if they are a housewife. <clears throat> then they manage your kids all. Then kids must listen to them mama. Then if you manage your mate in the same way, oh no, the mate, oh no, what is this? You're not my mother. <laughs> yeah. But of course, I've also heard of horror cases where the, the, sometimes the mate act low one. You tell them 10 times, they'll just keep doing whatever they want to do. So the question is, again, be petty upfront. Be gentle and gentlemanly uh, when you're you know, proceeding. So the upfront, if you do this, this A, B, C, D, E, you get your pay plus the bonus. If you miss two or five items, you don't get bonus. If you miss three of four out of five items, you will get you will get deduction. If you miss everything within one month, I will send you back. <laughs> I think I think any mate who hear this, it fair. If I manage to do four out of five or five out of five, I get a bonus. Hey, then I have something to work for. It's just like working. Yeah. Unfortunately, many times, one of the complaints I often hear from devotees is, yeah, this kind of thing still must say, man, they must slow. Man. But you, you'd be surprised, huh? the culture in different countries is really very different. So this is not easy work. Huh? 
by not being unfaithful. Uh, so this is common for husband and wife. Yeah? Both husband and wife cannot be unfaithful. It is not that, oh, husband must, be un- must not be unfaithful, wife can be. Or wife must be faithful, then wife, husband don't have to. Both must be faithful to each other. By protecting stores. So here referring to all the things at home, Nowadays, we have fridge, uh, but fridge don't have to protect, uh, really. Uh, but make, make sure that your door is locked. Uh, by being skillful and diligent in all she has to do. Yeah, so, cannot say that, oh, I, I only know how to cook uh, rice and, and fried egg. Uh. You must learn, go for WDA, work improvement, uh, go and learn more skills. <laughs> So in this way, the Western direction is covered, making it at peace and free from, from fear. But as I mentioned, uh, marriage today is quite different from in the past, especially in Singapore. Yeah. The roles for, of husband and wife has changed drastically. Uh, has changed drastically. Like it or not, this is how it is. Yeah. Uh, increasingly, in many families, uh, the wife may earn more than the husband. In the past, Hua is a shaman. At the first place, Hua, why is your wife working? You cannot, you cannot, uh, what call that? You cannot uh, provide for her. Yeah, but now this, first of all, is common. Husband and wife both working. Secondly, eh, wife earn more. No problem. Yeah. But for some, for some men, Asian men, uh, Hua, very hard. Yeah. But actually, uh, it boils down to is there mutual respect regardless of who bring more money to the family? Unfortunately, sometimes human beings are, wow, I bring more money, why, why you talk so much? Yeah. Who pay for the car? Huh? <laughs> and that's why I, I told some, some family uh, uh, there was a time where Can you make it not rotate? Actually, in future, like in future. Yeah, actually, it's not good for it to rotate. Now. Just point straight. Uh, don't stop here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did notice. Yeah, because the fat. So, mm, what, what was the thing? Mm. What was the thing that's on? More than they have the same. Ah, oh yes. So there was a there was a mother who wanted to, to get the phone back from the son. The son refused, and then the mother used a very simple trick. Asked the son, "This phone belongs to me." The son says, "Who? Who pay for the phone? Mummy. So it's mummy's phone, right? Because mummy pay for it. So mummy has the right to take it back." If you want to use the phone, next time you earn money, you pay for it, then you can decide. So it seems to be correct, right? Teaching the value of earning your keep and so on. But I told the mother, privately, you unwittingly teach your child the wrong value. You are teaching your child whoever have the money, have the final say. But should decisions be decided based on that? 
it shouldn't be decided by the money, the money holder. Why? Because the money is a means. It only answers the question of how to buy the thing. It never answers the question of why to buy the thing, why you should use it, why you should have it. The why cannot be decided by money. Because money is a resource, it only answers the question of how. This is something that I've highlighted in many parenting classes. If we forget this, then what will happen? In future, your child earn their own money, then will Yeah. Uh, does it matter? Maybe for some people it doesn't matter. But I have parents coming to me like, oh, my child, well, after after they have gone out to work, basically just don't care about me. Not so much just don't care about what I say, but just basically don't care about you. Uh, it's an extension. Ma. I have money, I decide, why are you bother? Yeah. But should that be the right attitude towards money? It shouldn't be. Yeah. The decision should should still hold. Parents, again, uh, doesn't mean everything must go through parents. Yeah. But as the child grows up, the child on big matters should consult the parents for advice. Yeah. But you must remember it's advice, uh, not directive. So you can give advice up to the child to take the advice or not. But when their child is younger, then you must nurture the right values. Then how about uh, this, uh, talking about husband and wife. In the same way, in the same way, between husband and wife, the decision should be decided based on the merit of the, of the why. If you have a good reasons, then both should work together to raise the resources, which is money, to buy it or to acquire whatever you are looking for. Uh, looking for. It should not be decided by whoever holds the string purse, uh, the purse string. Yeah. Oh, I'm the uh, heavy breadwinner. I earn 10k, like, how much you earn? 4k, Allah, you talk so much for what? No, it shouldn't be decided that way. Yeah. And this applies to spouse, applies to parent, child. It should also apply to an organization. Unfortunately, many times we always hear money talk. Uh. <clears throat> yeah, so that's, to me, not a good good way to do it. Oh, it's 9.09, so we have already exceeded. Any any thoughts to add for paragraph 9.30? Mm. Yes. 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 So is it that the person assumed that we husband uh, or I mean like uh, if the husband do uh, this to the wife, then the wife will automatically be doing all this in return. Not not that if the husband do this, that the wife will automatically do this. But that uh, the wife should reciprocate. Yes, the husband will reciprocate, but it seems that... <laughs> oh. uh, and there are five ways in which a wife task ministered to by her husband as the Western direction will reciprocate. I think, I like to think that, uh, I, don't think I don't think the Buddha is saying that the wife will definitely reciprocate. Yeah. Uh, I think both have a choice. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's, he's asking a question uh, whether if a husband treats the wife in the five ways, then the wife will definitely uh, return the favor. Uh, in my opinion, although the text here says we'll reciprocate, in my opinion, it's not a given. Uh, it's not a given. The wife, husband and wife, both have a choice how you want to uh, engage each other in the marriage. <coughs> yeah. Here it says the duty, duty uh, of the duty that's laid down that, for example, it's not the master, but it's a, how to have a, a yeah. better relationship. Uh, if you want, yes. Yeah, in this way, you make it at peace and free from fear. Yeah, so if the wife or husband don't do this, then you, you create conflict inside the marriage. I don't think you can read it as that the wife will die, die. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, come. Let's put our palms together. Yen